episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane. I got my boy Darius Culpepper with me. What's up, Darius? Yo, yo. What's up, man? Listen, you know, you do, you're not going to start the pod with that deep voice. We're not doing this. <laughs> We're not doing this this week, dog. <laughs> I know that's your real voice, but at least start it a little higher and then ease into the deep. You're not going to just come in like, yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, mostly <laughs> ladies, though. Mostly ladies, though. We're not, We're not doing this, man. Bro, it's the morning time, man. I just got out of bed, so this is like, yeah, this is prime deep voice <laughs> hours, like for real. Is this what you do most of your caking? You call girls <laughs> eight in the morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go out tonight, and then like midday, your voice is at, it's like high pitch. You sound like Prince midday, and then at night it comes back down low again. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. I'm saying, I always I always say this to you in real life, but most people on pod don't know who you are. So this yeah. is Darius's voice all the time. He's telling you he just woke up. That's not what it is. This is how he sounds at 10 p.m., noon, <laughs> 7 a.m. It's the same voice. It's been this way for years. So you can try to get that as morning time off. We're not here for it. You know the truth. Truth is you've been calling people's schools as parents for like 20 years. Yo, man, Chris can't make it to school today. <laughs> You got to stay home and play video games. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, facts. my dad My dad is cool as hell, man. Facts, facts. I feel you, man. How you been, bro? Oh, man, been well, man, been well. You know, just trying to trying to keep this comedy train moving, really. You know, okay. just trying to, trying to stay proactive. I see that. And, yeah, just really just not letting anything slow down, like, my purpose at the end of the day. Because... Uh, like I've, I've I've stated this many times previously. Like life gonna be what life is, but you know it's up to us to like continually embrace our purpose and the state moving forward. Like regardless of what goes on in life, like all we can control is what we do, like how we react, and uh, that's really what I'm in the midst of right now, man. Well, listen. In light of that, you have a special. Yeah. That, you, that you taping tomorrow night, right? Uh yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. All right. Night. So, so tell us a little bit about the special, the title, because the title is some. It's gonna rub some people a certain way, but I think it's powerful. <laughs> and then more <laughs> so, why you decided to do a special during COVID? I guess it kind of ties in line with keeping the train going. But like, did you ever think yeah. about delaying it, or were you just like, listen, I got the content, the people need it, I'm putting it out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, a few things, man. Uh, firstly, the title, uh, the, the specialist title, like, I can breathe, so I will honor those who can't. Mm. And, um, you know, I definitely knew, like, titling it that, that it may limit the reach of it, because I know that thinking that Black people should be able to live is a controversial <laughs> political statement somehow <laughs> you know that's what we had in the world we so. are that's where we are right now but um i i felt like it was it was important so i just said like you know fuck who it like how many people it can reach like if it's going to reach the people that it needs to so mm. i i wasn't really focused on trying to make it a name that was going to like generate like a bunch of love. I just wanted to make it a name that was going to generate feeling and mm. some sort of impact. Regardless if you love the title or you hate the title, I wanted to evoke some sort of emotion in you to make you think to yourself. 
why do I hate this? You know, like, why do I hate the fact that it's called I Can Breathe, so I want one of those who can't. So in doing that, I just wanted to try to make sure that, like, in this climate, you know, being, being an artist, being a comedian, that what I was putting out there was something meaningful. Right. You know, because at the end of the day, it's just like, when all of the marching stops, you know, when when all of the hashtags stop, it's like, what are we going to do to continually push the spirit of protest? Gotcha. And that, that was that was that was my biggest thing. Like at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna laugh. I'm gonna say some crazy stuff that I probably shouldn't say. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I want it all to be done like in the spirit of like, hey, like let's let's not forget that that we still got brothers and sisters that need justice. So um of course, you know, I want to be performing in front of like 300, 400 people. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, I feel as though the art needs to, needs to be out there right now because it's like, I'm not, I'm not depending on the world to go back to something that it may not go back to. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just looking, I'm just looking inward and just depending on myself to just continually put out you know, what I've been putting out, like, you know, since I started in this game. So that was pretty much the the main focus and the energy behind putting it out right now. Listen, man, I respect it because you're, you're better than I am in this respect. <laughs> because, no, seriously, I'll tell you what my idea was for the year before yeah. life happened. My goal was initially to do two 30-minute specials this year, different specials. One yeah. during the summer and one in the fall or more winter. So like maybe early to mid-June and then like mm-hmm. near December, one in LA, one in Florida, back where the people are, and like be two very different sets, all new material, not stuff I've been doing for the last six, seven years. Like yeah. new mat- I would, last year and newer material. Yeah. And I had all this energy going. Like I had made, I had a, had a 20 minute newer set. It was all clean, I felt good. And I was adding, I had five minutes of eh and five minutes of garbage. And I was trying to get rid of that new five minutes. Like, I gotta get rid of that five minutes of garbage. And the goal, as late as maybe like, like we had a comedy show the day that the city closed. And Mm -hmm. I was gonna try out a new five minute bit to see if I can Mm -hmm. add that to the 20 I think I already had. And then the Mm -hmm. governor was like, nah, fam. (laughs) <laughs> we're not we're not doing jokes today so hater, hater. he was just like <laughs> ixnay on a new joke hey and i was like hey chill fit. so once that happened i'll be honest i fell out of comedy a little bit and pivoted to other stuff like i'm still comedic so like you see yeah. we're talking now but i started writing comedy more yeah. than i was doing show i did two or three virtual shows and it was awkward like the connection was spotty, and I was like, I, 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 I. <laughs> and like my, my my screen froze a couple of times. I'm like, dude, this is, I didn't feel the love, and our comedic styles are different. Where you're very, you're very set driven. Like you stay, you're on your set, and you ride it out, and that's what makes you consistent. Because mm-hmm. you do your set consistently. You get up there, boom, 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 boom. It's like mm-hmm. it's clockwork. I'm a little more erratic. I'm up there yeah. goofing off. I may I may do four minutes of intro and not even get into my set. And like, I haven't done my set yet. And so I feed off of people. And so for no, my absolutely. comedic style, not having an audience definitely like is awkward. So yeah. I just say, you know what? 
I guess Jesus don't want me to get this set off. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to push it back until things start opening up. But hearing you talk is not making me think that maybe that was the devil trying to stop my set. And it wasn't Jesus at all. <laughs> the devil was like, they don't want to hear it. You know what? You're right, Jesus. They really don't want to hear it. The devil's over there sitting there like, got him. So, Bro, <laughs> so I I, hey, hey, listen, your, your social media handle is sexy comedy. That's true. G Jesus wants sexy comedy to prevail 24-7. <laughs> I think you're right. Because every moment is the right moment to be sexy, and every mm. moment is the right moment to have comedy. So I feel it, it, I feel it impressed upon my spirit. This is the Lord talking. It's not even me no more. I, I can hear I can hear the power in the voice. <laughs> so it's gotta be it's gotta be God talking. It's like thunder Jesus in the background. Want sexy comedy oh, to transcend man. beyond what's going on in the world right now. See to that, I'm give you see I'm gonna give you some 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 bail or some credit. I'm actually in the process of planning a virtual show now. Uh huh. For sure. Nah, it's not gonna be my special. I'm still not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil still took me down on that one. But <laughs> but we're gonna do a virtual show, yeah. probably the the first weekend in August is what I'm looking at now. I have to get the talent for it because I want to have yeah. a couple musicians, a couple comedians, and then I'm gonna have all the comedians have their like cash out Venmo as their name, so people who are watching it virtually can like donate to their cause and that kind of thing. So. So that's that's in the process of happening now. So even though I've been bull driving and seahorsing yeah. around for the first three, four months of this, seeing people like you, seeing people like Julie, like yeah. there's a lot of people who've been consistently working in the virtual sphere. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? You can do this too. I was just no, making an excuse. Bro. And so, so I think yeah. you're right. No, bro. Like you, you, you totally can do it, man. And I, I'm, it's encouraging to, you know, hear you talk about, you know, dipping your toes into that water and all uh, it, it, it'll work out because at the end of the day, I know that you got the determination and the drive oh, yeah. and you're willing to put the work forward for it. I'll do it. Yeah, it ain't no doubt, bro. I know you're going to put the work in. See, man, you see, you try, you trying to get me to do a special now. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, let's, let's get off mine for a second. So let's get a little bit more into your special. Like, what is it people can expect to see from you on stage? If people have never seen you before, yeah. what's your comedic style, maybe content, that kind of thing? What can they expect to see from you? Um, I mean, you, you can honestly just really expect to see a dude that's so relaxed. Certain points, you're going to think he's falling asleep, but he's <laughs> not. He's just, he's, he's just so relaxed and he really just embracing like who he is man and that's that's really what i feel like my comedy is it's just it's relaxed it's the relaxed style like if i could say that um you know and it's just like and i'm, I'm talking about things that i should be super hyped up about but i'm just you know i'm, I'm just still so relaxed because at the end of the day it ain't about how hype you are it's just about just getting you getting your message out there you know what I mean, and um, and that's really, and that that, that that's really the, the the point that I want to convey because like, you know, I'll even say this like at the end of the day, we know that um, police brutality against innocent black people is like, you know, categorically evil, right. undisputedly disgusting, but 
when you don't feel like going somewhere, it's a great excuse. Like it's it it is. It's one of the it is one of the best excuses. Like one time my girl asked me to do a game night and like I was just like, baby, like I can't because the cops is out here killing niggas and it's not a game. <laughs> like I can't play Uno because the cops is trying to make a zero. Like for real. Like I can't. I can't play Monopoly because the cops got a monopoly on killing us. Mm. It's a great excuse. You're, you're like, dropping bars right it's, now. Bruh, it's bruh. It's a great excuse. So it's just like, <laughs> that's that's where I'm going to be. That's where I'm going to be coming from uh, in the special, pretty much, man. I like it. Like That's that's a, that's a wild excuse. That's a <laughs> wild excuse to get out of regular stuff because then she can flip it on you. It's like, hey, well, baby, you want to mess around? Nah, I don't want to be an accomplice to whatever crimes you committed. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> now you downstairs taking care of yourself, just like <laughs> crying, like don't take my girl away from me. <laughs> like, but, but you see, you can use that. You can use that however you want it. But I never even thought about using that as an excuse. I think it's funny. Um, I definitely used the city curfew as an excuse one time. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to come over? It's like, listen, I mean, the curfew is. <laughs> I don't want to be a, I want to be a law-abiding citizen but I'm going to be out here in these streets Bruh. risking my life to see I really feel like you're not being considerate of my life asking Bruh. me to come see you right now really I got to question what your morals are you know what I'm saying <laughs> like I could be getting gas like, so you know what time it is oh you know what my watch is broken let me go back home you know what I'm saying like <laughs> selfish Bro, man, at the end of the day, man, like we gotta we gotta make our brothers and sisters the sacrifice of their lives. We gotta make it mean something. And sometimes that means using it as an excuse to get out of shit. So <laughs> I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> I don't think any of that's true. I think it's funny. I don't think it's true, but that's neither here nor there. Don't let me steal your comedy thunder right now. I'm like, wait a minute, let me take two seconds to consider that. Nah, that's definitely not. That's not what they fought for. Like, listen, I died so you cannot do Uno. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but you know, I like I said, I'm gonna say, say I'm gonna say the wrong thing sometimes. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it's all to just kind of you know shine a light on things, you know, because uh, I feel like you looking at something through a comedic lens. I think is one of the one of the most, you know, thoughtful ways to do it or uh, sure. to, to, to de-venomize it, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, um, because uh, I feel like right now, you know, where we at, it, it's almost metaphorically like a, a venomous snake, you know, sort of biting the life like out of society. But, you know, just if you show that, like, there are ways that we can prevail and like have power over this so-called snake. Um, I think it, I think it in turn relaxes people uh, a little bit more, you know? So that's kind of my, my thought process going into it. No, I get it, dude. It's just a, it's an interesting situation because you can, I think most people are going to say the wrong thing until they say the right thing. And we don't really all know what the right thing is. But you're a, you're the only thing you can do is speak from your vantage point. You can try to educate yourself, I guess, as much as you can. But everything we do is contextualized. So yeah. how you see it, our comedy, just like a musician's music or 
like whatever is like it's an expression of how they feel or how they think and so no, people are going to take jokes but some reason people take comedy like to be like the arbiter of like morality in this country which is crazy <laughs> because we have things in place for that like we have parents and school systems and all types of like constructs to be moral comedy has never been that's what it is we've always been a mirror to society exactly. what happens is that people don't like what they see when they see some of the comedy and so they turn against it and make us out to be the villains and make us yeah. out to be the ones perpetuating some negativity we're really we're just calling out what you guys already see that's why yeah. most comedy is observational because it's hey isn't it awful being married like if you hate your wife then you're going to take a lot from that joke or if you think your husband's dumb you're going to get that. But if you say comedians are the reason that marriages are failing, that's not fair. We're just calling out what we see. Just like, so what we see is what we see. We're always trying to find the funny and situation. I do this all the time. I do this on bad dates. When I see tragedy, I'm trying to see, is there something mm, to pull from this? And just observational stuff. I go to the grocery store and see like somebody with a mask on that's just on their chin and not covering any part of their face at all. I'm like, that's funny. Cause they think I'm wearing a mask. I'm like, well, technically you are right. But to what end? <laughs> it's like, but like, I, I guess your chin's protected, but how about the rest of your face? dude? <laughs> it's like, like, it's so it's like, bonnet. yeah, it's like, yo man, I got, I got that chin strap. So I'm like, I guess if you want to be a kicker in the seventies, then that's where you should be looking, but that's not how things mm-hmm. work now. So comedians, we have this, I think we have an obligation to call out what we see. Because ultimately, you go into a show is a choice that you made. So if you pay money, or if it's a free show, and go to a show, and then have an issue with what you saw, that's just like watching a TV show that you don't like. I don't have to sit here and watch ABC if I don't want to watch ABC. If I hate this show, I'm out. If I'm at a comedy show and I don't like it, get my stuff. I'm out. I don't have to follow you on social media anymore. The fact that people will sit there, be mad, go home, tweet, and then try to cancel when they could have simply there's you know how many comedians that i don't know about or i just saw once or twice and said that's not for me they could be doing horrible or amazing content not for me (laughs) not for me sorry that tv show don't care for it don't care for that movie but it's always like just we can't hold people in our regular lives accountable for the most part like politicians and like pastors and rabbis those kind of people we hold comedians accountable because we put ourselves out there and put our souls out and so we get the backlash that maybe they should get. Yeah, no, pretty much, man. Pretty much. It's 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 choices. Like mm-hmm. even with your art selection, like people lose sight of the fact that, you know, you you got a choice. It's as if something isn't aligned with your spirit. You know, you yeah. got a choice to to turn that off or never support it again. You know, but it's, um it's not complicated. Just yeah, don't just don't support it. It ain't yeah, it ain't it ain't complicated at all. But like we've we've cultivated like a, a cancel culture in society. True. And I'm just like, really? Like, come on, guys. Like, we're, <laughs> you just say, really? Like, y'all canceling all, people? Like, Word. Like, yeah, like, come on. Like, we're all adults. We just canceling people like they subscriptions and shit. Like, no. Like, just all you I'm, gotta do is just cover your head. You canceling Darius Weekly? <laughs> right, exactly. It's just like, yeah, like, no, I'm gonna cancel you. But then, like, want to cancel you to the point that nobody else can like hear from you it's just like if you want to take like nickelodeon off your tv that's fine but now you don't want nobody to see nickelodeon come on like you, you know 
You know, when you said that my comedy brain started kicking in, that would be like you breaking up with somebody. And then whenever they get a new relationship, you just keep hating on a new relationship. Oh, so you also see so you went with Darius now? It's like, yo, Bro. fam, you need to get out. That girl's crazy. Like, yeah, y'all broke up. Why are you trying to ruin my new relationship? It's like, go find somebody else. Stop trying to tear down the new person your ex is nah, with. Like, that's a dumb, that's a petty way to live. But it's also, what does that get you? She breaks up with him and finds another dude. Yo, man, me and her other ex, we try to save you, fam. It's like, let that person live their life. Why are you trying to? make people feel what you feel like i know like i know we're all trying to get everyone thinks they're right about whatever they're doing like yeah. whatever you do you think is right that's why you're doing it most people don't knowingly do wrong that's there's got to be some moral like ambiguity there like hey i'm robbing this person but they kind of robbed my community so like you got to be able to find a way to like make it work yeah. if you could just do something flat out wrong i'm gonna just go randomly shoot a, a a pigeon then it's like why'd you do that it's like i don't know you know, people don't work that way. So, <laughs> I but saw if you were going to shoot a bird, a pigeon would be the one you shoot. That's probably true. Most people hate pigeons. Yeah. I've never seen a baby a baby pigeon not once in my life. <laughs> I've never seen a baby pigeon not once. But everyone is everyone does what they think is right at the time. And so when you nah. think you're right, you oh. want people to be where you are. So you yeah. think you're right. But yeah. if they don't feel what you feel, I don't think it's incumbent on us to like try to force it down people's throat. It's like I can present my case of why I think it's right. You can accept it or not accept it, but you should know where I stand. And if you don't like it and your case is your case, then we should be able to like be parallel or just coexist. If it's now, if you're actively trying to destroy my, then maybe all right, you got to fight a little bit. But (laughs) if you just like, hey, man, if I say, yo, man, Darius is so funny, they say, nah, I don't really care for Darius. And I'd be like, Mm -hmm. okay, that's cool. I'm going to his next show. You do whatever you're about to do. I'm about to go check him out because I don't want to waterboard you for two hours about the merit of his comedy. Right, exactly. Giving you a whole PowerPoint presentation. It's like, it's if you look here, that's where the setup was. Okay, that's the turn, that's the prestige, and there's the joke. Now, it's like, it's like what's happening right now? Yeah, man. Nah, that ain't, yeah. Nah, that ain't even necessary. It's not that. So now, we're both comics, and people ask me this question all the time, so I'll ask you. What's your highest moment in comedy, and then what's your lowest moment? And people really don't even care about the highest. They really just care about the lowest. Right, but I'm exactly. going to present the question balanced because I'm not a regular person, so I know you got to yeah. get both up. People just want to know, when did you want to kill yourself? Like, when did you that? fail so hard that you started working at UPS? Let's hear it. <laughs> but, all right, so honestly, uh, all right, I'll, I'll give you a, the the high point first. Um, and it wasn't even like, and it, it's not even anything really like super super crazy. But uh, my first uh, show at the Laugh Factory, I would say, was a uh, an extreme high point for me. And um, mm-hmm. you know, I've done things that you know people might say is greater than that. But uh, for me, it was just kind of like signifying, like, hey, like you're in a sense, like, you know, you belong here, like gotcha. in, in LA, uh, coming from Florida, and, you know, just kind of wondering, uh, you know, how I would fare out here. So just being able to like get that, get that nod of that, like first official show there, especially the route that I went from like sitting outside at like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, like, you oh. know, waiting to get in to do two minutes of comedy and hoping that they (laughs) 
kick you for a house spot and hoping that they eventually bring you back for a show. So, you know, just to, to be able to get it through those means, um, it, it made it uh, very meaningful for me. So, you know, to do the, to do my first show there and just to see the way things kind of subsequently happened after that. But, um, you know, that's the high moments, but for the, the low moments. Oh man, the low moments. Let's get, let's get to the meat ah, of the there, there is there's so there's so many to choose from. But I would say I would say one of my most like just mortifying moments in comedy. Uh it came at uh oh, and you 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 and you from Florida, so you'll know yeah, this. Cafe Iguanas. Definitely. It came at Cafe Iguanas. Um <laughs> I was just, I was still only a few months in the comedy. I had maybe been doing it for maybe seven months, seven, eight months at the time. And yeah. this was my first time performing in front of a uh, predominantly black crowd. Oh. And <laughs> black uh, people don't care. It was. He ain't a, said nothing funny yet. Like, it was, it was a whole <laughs> different world, nigga. It was just, it was just nothing but black folk. Latin folks and mind you when they when they and I hate I hate when promoters do this they have like if there's an event where there's also dancing at and there's gonna be comedy you should do the comedy first because nobody wants to stop dancing to listen to comedy I don't care who it is don't nobody want to stop their good time on the dance floor to listen to you say shit you think is important that's true you know, everybody was on the dance floor and, you know, I go up to the dude hosting the show and I was just like, hey, you know, like, when when can I perform? And he was like, oh, oh, all right, hold on soon, soon, soon. So he gets on the microphone <laughs> and he's like, hey, yo, everybody got to clear the dance floor. It's a little nigga here that think he funny and he want to tell some jokes. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, whoa. Sir, we just met. When did I speak on little nigga? Said, like we just we, <laughs> we we just met, and I'm already little nigga. Like, come on, sir. I'm bigger like, than you. <laughs> come on, right, right. Come on, sir. My voice is deeper. I got a firmer handshake. Come on, I'm not little nigga, man. By that point, you know you can you can feel like the tension in the room because everybody is just like fuck. You know he, this nigga turned off the jam. They was playing uh, oh, Jaheem just in case oh. I don't make it home tonight. Just like everybody was yeah like that's a that's a that's a cut, bro. Bro, that is, and I I still feel so bad to this day <laughs> that I that I stopped that song from playing in that, in that bitch like I do right. so. I I get on stage, man. I feel the tension and you know, I'm trying to like relate to the people and it's just not working. I think I asked I asked them some question. I forget what I asked them, but all you hear from the crowd is just like this somber no. <laughs> no. And so then I, I tell another joke. I tell another joke that's not even a question. And then you just hear no. <laughs> <laughs> they said no to your whole act bro at this point the sweat <laughs> from the forehead because at this point i don't know what to do at this point. <laughs> so i'm just like i'm just like so y'all really i'm like y'all my people because bro going into it i'm just like these are my people like these are my people so right. If anybody gonna embrace me, it's gonna be them. 
And uh, let's just say at that in that particular night, Black Lives did not matter. <laughs> Yo, like that matter. They did not. They didn't. They didn't boo me off stage, bro. Everybody in unison said curse words towards oh. me. Oh no! <laughs> like, they protested was, you at your own show. <laughs> they protested me at my own show, bro. Like for real. So like at that point, um, like I'm. I I say something back to them like I'm being combative and stuff and then you know they kind of just pull me to the side and it's like yo you probably you 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 probably just might want to leave <laughs> <laughs> why don't you get the hell out of here before we before we handle you he's like <laughs> you probably go so you know what I'm saying I'm like I ain't trying to I, I ain't trying to cause no problems at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, at, at the same time, I'm just like, hey, like, I, I came there to do a job, and, like, y'all y'all niggas ain't respecting the fact that I tried to give y'all art. Like, you know, so I was I was a little salty, but in, in my head, I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to be out here fighting about no jokes. So yeah. I was just like, you know, fuck it. Let me just live to fight another day. And uh, as I'm walking out, this older black lady grabs me by the arm and she's just like, I thought you were funny. <laughs> Why you ain't laugh, old lady? <laughs> exactly. Tell me, I need laughter. You're exactly. in the nose. <laughs> so, bro, like, after that, I was just like, shit, is this, is this what it's about? Like, is this really how it's going to be? So, like, that was, that was one of the, like, one of the most mortifying moments, bro. Like, Cause they ain't, they ain't even let me get a joke off. <laughs> it's just, they was booing. They was like saying no to setups. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, yo, man, you ever go to the bank? No. It's like, it you like, never, you never been to the bank? Is that what, <laughs> how do you have money? What are you? It's just like, it's around. Saying, no to setups, bro. Like, bro, I ain't never seen a nigga not get booed. People just say no <laughs> and cursing. That was it. Like, it was. It was crazy. I, I I thank God to be past that particular point. But um, you know, shit could go south anytime though. You never so, know. You, know you, you just gotta always be prepared. Listen, listen, a joke can go sideways whenever you want. Like I remember I'll give I give you my two stories because I wanna like try to relate to you a little bit. Cause that was that was depressing what you just said. <laughs> so let me let me let, let me give you and shoot you some bail. So mine happened probably seven months into my comedy career, maybe less than a year. And I used to do the Miami Improv back when it was in the Grove, like oh. once a month. Yeah. That's all the comedy I did for the month. I would prepare for a month for that one five minute set. So I had a lot of time to just be like, okay, let me set that up. And I was, so every time I did a new set every month, I came to the improv because I was hoping that the club owners would see me do it and be like, all right, that kid's, He's not just doing the same five. Now, it right. means that none of my five were super, super, super tight, but they mm. were all okay. So I would mm. get okay laughs a few different times. So I was kind of, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm seeing comics do the same routine four months in a row. I'm like, dude, I got four sets. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, the kid is, it's, it just don't stop up here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's nonstop up here. And this place in the, in the, in the Gables, I'm not going to say the name of it, because one, I don't know if they're still around, and two, I don't want to get them bad press. Mm-hmm. they had a like performance night and it was mostly music 
And it was, it was a pretty low scale area, but they had free parking and that kind of thing. I said, hey, do you guys ever do comedy? And the guy was like, yeah, we used to, but we just kind of stopped doing that. And I was like, listen, I'm funny, okay? <laughs> it's like, I can get people out, let me do comedy here, and then we can, I can attract more. Because the place was a dope little, little setup, but it wasn't busy. So I mm. thought maybe they just didn't have good press. I said, let me do shows. I work in the area. I can probably get 15 to 20 people here at least once a month. That's business for you. You ain't even got to pay me. I just want the stage time. So next time I go to the improv, I can give them that high five, you know? So the guy's like, well, I'll give you a chance. He put me on stage that night. And he said, you can perform, but it's got to be clean because this is like a family restaurant. So you can't be cursing. You can't be blue. I said, mm-hmm. cool. So I did my best five-minute clean set. And the people actually started laughing. I was like, oh, man, this is dope. Like, families were like, hey, I didn't know there was comedy here. Blah, blah, blah. And... So I get my five off and the dude is like, hey man, you're funny, dude. Like if you, if you can bring that consistently, you can do it whenever you want. So I did one more five minute bit, it went well. And then I was really feeling myself. At this point, I thought I was a month away from being in LA. In LA. Oh. It's like, I'm basically about to be on a spell show. So, <laughs> so I invited like 20 people out. Yeah. All from like the gym, surrounding areas, like the gables and that kind of thing. And one girl who was coming to the gym, who came from the gym, had a friend. And she was like, listen, she always thought I was attractive, but her and I never, whatever. But yeah. she had a friend and she was like, I think my friend would be perfect for you. And I told her, he's super cute, he's super funny, and he's a stand-up dude. You gotta watch him perform. And she's single, and I was like, oh, okay. So now I'm thinking, if I get this set off, then, <laughs> you know, the set up, that's an alley-oop. Yeah, yeah you know? So she came in, she was super cute. She was like, hey, I heard you were funny. And I was like, who told you that? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) People show up. I'm being dumb. So people show up, they pack it out. There's probably like 30 people in this restaurant where normally there's 10 people. So the owner is like, he's he's counting money in the back. He's living the time. He's having time in his life. And I wrote, this is my first like compound set where the two sets were unrelated. So I had a hard transition in the middle. Uh, But because I, I didn't have enough time to write a 10-minute cohesive set, but I knew I could do two fives, but I had to have the bridge kind of like be hard or whatever. So I get into my, I do my first three to four minutes crushing. I see old girl, she's over there like, okay. <laughs> I have to see what he's doing after the show. I'm over here like, yo, son, get it, bowling, doing all that stuff. I get to the, the transition and I forget the transition to the next joke. Uh, and so I so I said my last joke of the first set. And I was like, haha, y'all having a good time tonight? <laughs> Start asking all these questions. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can't you say amen? It's over. Amen. All right. Turn to second to say y'all having a good time. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? <laughs> Turn to first John. <laughs> I'm in there like just trying to like talk until my brain can make the connection and dude my brain literally went white like i didn't have any material to pull from because i could have theoretically i could have done any set right. Only like two people there had really seen me perform consistently so everyone else is like i just heard you were funny from the gym they had no idea what my i could have done any jokes i could have stole jokes i could did your set nobody would have known <laughs> and so my brain goes white and i just don't remember anything and I, I was too unseasoned mm-hmm. to not to know that you can just kind of work it through. 
And so I just said, hey, um, I guess I forgot the rest of my set. I said that out loud, which you should never say. Wow. And the crowd was like, that was like, oh. It was a like a hush over the room. And I said, um, well, hope you enjoyed that five minutes. Enjoy your evening. Put the mic in the mic stand. And I walked outside. I left the whole restaurant. <laughs> I walked outside. Normally you walk out to the people, hey, good job. I walked outside and I just went, what happened? Why did my brain just go white? I've been practicing this for weeks. And as soon as I got outside, I remember the bridge. I was like, oh, there you go. Now, now I remember all my jokes perfectly. And Can I run it back? Can I run it back? <laughs> dude, that's like, that would be like if you were a girl for the first time and you just, you done after 30 seconds, you're like, hey, I'm sorry. I just, it's been a while. She's like, that's cool. I'm leaving. You know what I'm <laughs> so I'm outside going through it. Like legit, I'm probably on a brink of crying. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'll be honest. We're on the pod. Cause I was so dejected because this is like the first kind of like, they all came for me. When they, we, we had the improv, you bring, it was a bringer show. You bring your five to 10, whatever. But ultimately it's 75, 80 people in a room. 80% don't care who you are. Yeah. They didn't see their person. This crowd was basically for me. There were no other comedians on the show. So it wasn't like I had a set up person and then a closer finished off. When I got off stage, the comedy was off stage. <laughs> there was no more comedy. So I'm outside like, dude, I blew it. I'll never be a comedian. That girl will never talk to me again. And then my roommate came out at the time. And he was like, yeah, man, that was rough. And I was like, I don't need to hear that from you. I know it was rough. That hurt me the most. And I, I came back in. I went to the back. I still didn't talk to people. After the show, they're like, hey, you know, you were funny while you were up there. And I was just like, mm-hmm. It was for that five minutes. That five, but then that, then the girl came up after the show. She was like, "Well, it was nice meeting you." And I was just like, yeah. it, "It hurts." It was, I never saw her again for the record. Never saw her again after that. Like, even once I became a better comic, she never came back to another show. I think she was just like he had one shot at glory. <laughs> Drop the ball. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go find me a cute comedian who knows his who knows his routine. Who knows his routine, bro? I heard Darius is funny. Let me go find him. <laughs> Dude, I never saw her again. I performed at that spot maybe one more time. Yeah. And I never went back. Not even to eat. I just avoided. I'll walk past it sometimes, and I'll just be like. Bad memories. It's just traumatized, dude. So that's like, that's the bad one. The good one is that the Fort Lauderdale Improv. Yeah. Or the Seminole Improv, whatever you want to call it. And it was during the finals when the Heat were playing the Spurs. Yeah. So this was like 2013, 2014, one of those two. They played them two back-to-back years. So it was a year that the Spurs won. Not the year that Ray Allen made the three that broke their heart, right? Yeah, I think that was 2013. Yeah, so this is like day game three of the finals. I'm not a Heat fan. I just lived in Miami. Yeah. So I walked out there, and I was wearing a red shirt, and I was wearing black pants and my red and black shoes because I got it from Ross, and that was my fit at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a whole $25 outfit, whatever. And the crowd is packed. It's probably 250, maybe almost 300 people, and I'm like, it's a thick crowd. And yeah. I go up there, and I, I, I just – for some reason, I felt the need to antagonize the crowd. And I was like, y'all having a good time tonight? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, 
all right, I'm gonna just get this off. Go Spurs, and the crowd was like, "What? Miami 305?" <laughs> they started doing all the Miami stuff, and people started oh, they, like the crowd literally was just like, "Let's go Heat!" Like they're stomping, they're hitting the table, and it's just me standing on stage, like, "Okay, okay, y'all get yeah. it, get it, get your jokes off." It's for thirty seconds. They're "Let's go Heat!" Wait, County. They're just screaming. Ever, ever since there's no Spurs fan in there, apparently. <laughs> and while they're doing all this. I let it wash over me because I haven't yeah. done any jokes yet. And I say, and some guys like you're wearing red and black. Those are heat colors, you traitor. And they're like, Oh, and I was definitely wearing red and black. So I was like, Oh man, <laughs> it's like, this guy's got to go. And so the crowd is completely against me. They're just like, this guy's a traitor. And once they died down, I said, first of all, red and black existed long before the heat had colors. Mm-hmm. So they don't own anything. Got you. And he was like, <laughs> all right, you got it. And then I was like, you guys claim to be Heat fans, but y'all came to a comedy show during the finals. So let's check your allegiances there. And everybody was like, damn, he's right on this one. And people started clapping. Yeah. And, and I was like, y'all won last year. Y'all going to lose this year, whatever, whatever. I just get into my routine. I do this whole bit about how I can't shop at Whole Foods because I couldn't afford it. And you got to make like life decisions. Like, do you buy edamame or gas? All this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the set, I got like a standing ovation. Like they were... They love me. Came so, off. The dude who was like, oh, you're wearing black and red was like, yo, bro, that was a good comeback. And then a couple of comedians who were there were like, yo, I don't know how you turned the whole crowd because they literally hated you. And a minute later, you had him in the palm of your hand. And I know what happened. I had a girl in the audience who I had a thing for. And she had came to see me. And I didn't yeah. want to perform poorly in front of her. Yeah. You, know, you know how that go. Like, she's like, oh, I'm with the comedian. And you bomb and you see her sneak out the back. It's like, man. So, so when I got off stage, like she was just like, now I was like, mm-hmm. I was like you, I was like, yeah, what's up, baby? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my voice got deeper after the set. <laughs> my voice dropped three octaves. Yeah, so you want to get out of here after that set? I mean, get hard carrying this whole show on my back. You know what I'm saying? It's like I got real sexy after that. The show was dope. They asked me to host the next month after that. Like it was a whole thing. And I just remember afterwards, people took pictures with me. Like, people were like, yo, dude. And the Spurs won, like, 20 that game. So when the show was over, I'm like, I kept pointing to this, you know, the TV's in the lobby. I was like, y'all see that? <laughs> y'all see that domination from the Spurs? That's when they beat them in five. The and the people were just like, yeah, you're right. I guess the Spurs are better this year. But it just all, like, coalesced around just I, – I just antagonized the people and then brought it back. And I never had – I've never done that since, where I purposely made people mad. And made yeah. him get back on my side. But that was that stands out. The fit was on point. The confidence was my, my swag. Yes. I, my swag was like this. So, and I felt like I was on a hundred thousand trillion. It just it hit all in line. So that's that's my that's my high moment. That's a good good point. That's what's up, man. We all need those. We all need those to keep going, man. It's a lot of bad moments. I, I, always, I equate everything to dating. Just yeah. like you need to go on good dates to balance out the bad ones. Yeah. They're all bad. At some point, you would just be like, I'm not dating anymore. But they're right. all good. You won't be able to appreciate the good dates. Exactly. So you got to have the girls who show up and they're just like on their phone the whole time. You're just sitting there like, I'm paying for this. <laughs> is, this what I'm, is this what I'm paying for? For you, for you to be uh, texting some other dude, like, sorry, I'm out with this guy. Like, this guy, this guy picking up the check. Like, 
You better excuse my name. <laughs> and then there's some who they show up and they put their phone in the purse and zip it and y'all just here. And y'all, yeah. just, y'all just got the vibes. And you're like, yo, that was dope. We didn't check phones. We didn't let nobody distract us. Bill exactly. came. We both did the reach, and <laughs> you take it now. You take it. You do the, the tug of war. It's like, listen, all right, I'll take it, but you lose the tips. Like, okay, you got a little compromise going. Like, that's the good. The bad is, you going to get that? I'm like, um, I didn't order oysters. <laughs> like, why would I pay? <laughs> exactly. Why would I pay for this? So to do on the phone to pay for this. So that's the, that's that's trauma. <laughs> Drink some water on that. So we're gonna we're gonna start wrapping up. But where can people um, where can people view the show and where can they get tickets and support you? I'm not asking three questions. Where can people support you? Where can they buy tickets and all that good stuff? Um, well, uh, my Instagram is Think Darius, so um, you can look me up on that. And uh, in terms of the tickets, uh, the ticket link is in my bio to uh, watch the special virtually. So um, just look me up on Think Darius at Instagram. And um, in my bio is all the show information. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, uh, the show is called I Can't Breathe, so I will honor those who can't. And um, to anybody under the sound of my voice, if you can, please check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's one of my most meaningful hours of comedy, so. You know, my hope is that y'all will give me a look. So are you, are you shooting this solo? Or do you have like a smaller group of people who are going to be there while you're shooting it? Uh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, it's just a small, small group. Yeah. Listen, you know. It'd be awkward to just be in your room. It's like, <laughs> you, like you, your bed and your teddy bear. <laughs> it's like you and Winnie the Pooh. It's like, like what else? What else, Winnie? What else? What else? <laughs> He's like, you better get to the next joke, bro. People are laughing. Bro, just all the action figures. <laughs> like, like, G.I. Joe, and they're like, for real. Just, You're doing good, bro. Keep up the good work. Bro, for real, man. But yeah, man, you know, just, we're going to just try to make it as as great as it could possibly be, you right. know, and, um, and, just, and just really deliver something good and, and, and put something of meaning, you know, out there into the atmosphere. So, uh, you know, that, that that's the main goal. And uh, the the intent is never to ruffle feathers or, or offend anyone, but it's it's the inevitable. And so, yeah. you know, I, I, I welcome that as well, but the intent is just to inform and entertain and just and share my thoughts. You just want to, you, you like basically, you would put the work out and then let the work do what it does. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. See, see, I, I feel, I feel inspired by the voice of Darius, aka the voice of the comedy god out here, telling me he's like, listen, man, you can't, you can't hold those jokes to yourself, man. People need comedy more than ever. I'm like, yeah, you're right. It's like, you're right. They're gonna make it happen, man. But Darius, you brought it today, man. I hope um barring anything crazy, I'll be there to watch the show too. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm support you because you gotta support the people, especially when they're doing their thing. 
and yes, hopefully people hopefully people who hear this who have not known who you are or whatever can be like oh i'll check out this dude with a deep voice they probably think you like six nine they're gonna see you five eleven i thought he was six foot 14 foot 12. <laughs> I got a tall voice. My voice, my voice is this tall. Is that, is that JaVale McGee doing comedy? Like they don't know what's going on. Um, but I, I, I believe in putting the stuff out. Uh, you inspired me to want to step my life game up, not to do a special yet, but to at least put content out. And right. I hope people support it. Uh, I don't know if you're going to record it afterwards and then try to like post show, resell it and do all that stuff, but it may be an opportunity for people who can't watch it live to, yeah. catch it on the back end so you know get get your money up get the business up you guys support darius think darius it's his handle check out the info and the bio and enjoy the show man he's got you got plenty you got plenty of clips from like laugh factory and comedy you got you got you got clips out here too so people want to yeah. see yeah. some clips of you yeah yeah the yeah. clips on the page as well the clips um, exist so you can say so, so if you want to see whether you should commit the money, watch the clips and be like, all right, fam, hopefully this hour-long pod has taught you something. But if you didn't get it from the pod, watch the clips and be like, okay, I see where you're at. And then support them because that's where we're at. We're trying to put our work out and then the world's trying to stop it. So Darius, thanks for coming through, man. Um, stay safe out here. Make sure make sure you gargle a little bit. Get the, keep, the, keep the voice strong. <laughs> keep the voice strong. And we'll see you tomorrow night, bro. All right, my brother, I appreciate you, man. You be blessed. Hey, man, always. All right, y'all.